welcome to episode 16 of Tranquil Dreams Podcast. I'm Kim and um, today we're continuing on with the weekly What's Up recap for 2021 as we look back at week 23. Uh, last podcast, um, last episode, if you had listened to it, I was supposed to have an episode come up fairly soon after. Obviously, plans change and that didn't happen thanks to... Um, the E3 weekend, which um, over on Game Warp we, we've covered um, recently. Um, so yet again, reading is empty. This will be the possibly the last week that it's empty. Um, the week after I have started reading something very, very slowly. Um, but yeah, we're skipping over reading this week. Week 23 was still a little bit of a no-go on that point. Um, so we're going to jump right in and we're going to do playing. Uh, in terms of games, week 23 was completely, and I mean completely, like an obsessive level of completely, uh, dedicated to Spiritfarer by Thunder Lotus Games. Spiritfarer is a indie management simulation game. Um, it's considered a cozy management game um, with a bit of a building element. Um, the main story is that you play as a newly entered um, Spiritfarer, whose main job is to ferry spirits of the deceased to the afterlife. So pretty much what you do is you travel in your boat um, over a map that expands in an open world where you have to collect resources and ac accomplish certain quests in order for the people, the spirits that you pick up onto your boat and um, be have them pretty much relieved of I guess what's on their mind and what's been bothering them and there and in order for them to be able to be carried to um ferried over to Everdor where they can go into their afterlife obviously um Spiritfarer is a interesting different uh, interesting type of game as you know um it's not something that I normally play but Cozy management definitely feels like it's something that I'm definitely enjoying right now. Um, it also feels a little bit more like there's a lot of things you can do which is on the path of what you're doing. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of open world elements to it where you don't really have to follow a certain course as you do have a lot of quests going on at the same time. Um, but simultaneously your boat is also growing so you need to make the boat suitable for the spirits that are living there as well as yourself to make sure they're fed and then they're happy so you can give them hugs um, you have to make sure that they're eating enough um, so on the boat you can build uh, it's a boat that pretty much you can expand over time as you collect elements of glim and other resources um, so pretty much your boat will grow to a certain um, magnitude, I guess, <laughs> where it can fit actually quite a bit of building on there. Uh, I actually feel like it reminded me a lot of Sim Tower, which is a game that I absolutely loved when I was younger. Um, but you know, there it, it is quite forgiving in the sense that even if your characters are starving, they're still going to come to you. They might not be as happy, but they'll still come to you and be and ask for food when you run by them or whatnot. So. These are the little things that happen and along the journey you also open up different islands and you have your shipyard, Albert, uh, who runs the shipyard, who is a shark. 
And all these spirits that you ferry in who happen to look like humans actually turn into um, animals, um, into their true form when they come in onto the boat. So you have different type of characters that come in and then their abilities actually also show, um, show in a certain way. Uh, obviously, um, I'm fairly early at this point in week 23 as I've, you know, the game is I think um, about 30 hours, I think, on average. Uh, if it's a completionist, which is something that I might do, it could be definitely a lot longer depending on how you manage everything and how many side quests you do and that sort of thing, right? Um, I do really, really like this one quite a bit. I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I'm, I'm still having a lot of fun with it as we're speaking right now. I'm still playing the game. Uh, I mean, you know, you have a little sidekick cat called Daffodil. And if you were to play this in co-op, someone could actually play Daffodil. So, like, someone could actually control Daffodil, which could, which is a pretty interesting type of concept in general. I think that, you know, as you go through the story, you meet different people and all these different spirits have their own different stories and some of them are actually pretty touching. Um, some of them a bit tugs on your heartstrings a little too. Um, the, the whole vibe is very feel good in general though throughout the whole thing where you have these little mini games as you collect resources and you're like one of them will channel you to collect thunder where you're running around collecting thunder as it appears on different plat platforms during a thunderstorm or you have someone else who is um, going to tell you to free these um, possessed type of uh, sea monsters and I don't know they call them krakens or whatnot but they're not krakens they're they're kind of like sea dragons or something like that and you help them relieve them of the the uh it's whatever resources is on them. Some of them have silver or aluminum or whatever. Uh, and you can collect those while you're trying to break out of the, the their trance of being this very fiery type of creature. Um, and, and there's so much more. There's, there's a lot of different things that happen in this one. And at one point, I think when I sent my first spirit off, I actually met Hades, which only appeared once. And I'm thinking, I'm still wondering what's going to be the deal with this character um, as we head further into the game and, you know, eventually ended, I guess. Um, there's definitely a whole lot to do. I mean, you can build gardens and you can build, you can build houses for all your individual characters. Uh, there's, there's a lot to do, I think. There's a lot to have fun with in this one. Um, so yeah, definitely one that so far I'm having a ton of fun with. And if you haven't played it, uh, and you have the Xbox Game Pass, it's on there. So for, so it's it's definitely one that I, I think is really worth your time. And um, that's pretty much it for gaming in general. I mean, uh, I only played this one game, and as I said, I was pretty obsessed with it. So I was playing it a lot over um, the last few days, um, the, the, the first few days of these, this game that I had started. And even, I think it went on for about a week or two until... Pretty much I had to actually get stuff done <laughs> and I couldn't hold on any, um, I couldn't postpone things any longer. Uh, yeah, so that's it for playing. Uh, moving on to watching. Um, I actually had two movies to watch. Uh, one of them was a rental that was going to expire and this is the indie film 
2019 called Come to Daddy. It's a black comedy thriller film um, directed by Ant Timpson and is um, played, uh, and the actors that are in it is uh, Elijah Wood, who plays a main role, and um, Stephen McHattie, and there's a lot of different faces here. Um, I think Elijah Wood is probably the most familiar one. Um, Come to Daddy is about a 30-something musician who ends up going to, uh, who receives a letter from pretty much his estranged father asking him to come and visit. Um, And he does go to see him after not seeing him since he was five or something uh, on this secluded cabin which is on a coast and he and he has to go and see this uh, this man um who doesn't even seem to realize that he's coming to see him when he gets there um and when he gets there a lot of crazy things happen in the sense that his father is a really bad person um has a lot of i guess a lot of aggressiveness has a lot of um I guess a bit of a uh, passive-aggressive attitude as well when he starts and you can feel it in the conversation, the power that he has over the conversation, um, the no BS that he has as well. And through these conversations and through these actions, you start seeing that there's a lot more to the story that's going on. Um, the father is absolutely weird. He's played, I think, brilliantly by Stephen McHattie. Um, and um, Elijah Wood's character also, through the little dialogues that he has, you get a good idea of the person that he is. Um, you know, whether he's a recovering alcoholic or uh, the, the BS that he tries to spin in order to not look so bad, um, and that sort of thing. But I don't want to talk too much in depth in it because I don't really want to spoil anything in case you want to see this film. I mean, Come to Daddy is one that uh, I had missed during the festival run. Um, well, I willingly did it because it was more like I knew this was going to go into some main circuit at one point, considering that it had Eli- it has Elijah Wood in it. Um, and, I mean, it's a pretty interesting kind of off-hilter type of, um, type of movie. Uh, it's, it has its fun moments. Um, the twists are pretty decent. Uh, it does go in a fairly unexpected sort of path, but you can't help but to feel that this movie overall feels a little odd. Um, and I feel like it kind of loses its flair the more you get to the end. Um, because the beginning of the first half of the movie had me super intrigued. I was really in love with the conversation and the and the dynamic uh, of the conversation going on between Elijah Wood's character and Stephen McHattie's character. Um, but as you go further into it and the scenario shifts and then all of a sudden kind of things go a bit out of control, uh, the story really starts taking this very, very odd turn um, with some very over-the-top characters, which I guess blends in well with the black comedy. Um, I just feel like some of the comedy didn't always land with me, and that was one of the main things that I think bothered me the most. Um, there were, you know, still little awkward moments that Elijah Wood did, uh, does with his character, um, which 
I think is is a is a role that he did really really well because um in for some for some part of it I mean he he does play a lot of the character bounces a lot of the, <laughs> the movie off of himself so it he's really by himself in some scenes and you really see this character uh, for what he is, I guess, from the way that he he acts and his reactions to certain situations. Um, I mean, I had a fun time with Come to Daddy. I I can't say I was exactly super um, thrilled at the end of it, but it was a pretty engaging film overall. Uh, I do like, you know, twists where I never figure it out, and this one definitely went in an interesting direction um, in terms of how the story turned out. The second movie I watched was one that I actually um, chose to pair with Come to Daddy uh, looking for a, a horror comedy sort of film. And I ended up on Taiwanese film called Secrets in the Hot Spring. Secrets in the Hot Spring is a very different type of comedy. It's more of the silly type of um, horror comedy. And actually, it does an interesting type of balance between the two where it hops in the beginning on more of a horror element, uh, whereas when you go after the twist, it turns into more of like, a, it jumps more into the horror comedy type of element. Um, it plays a lot with tropes, it plays a lot with different things, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, basically, what happens in the story of Secrets in the Hot Spring is that... Uh, through some type of bullying type of situation, three youngsters, three high school students end up hanging out together. And in order to avoid the situation, they end up, um, to the two of the, the people who are being bullied end up following the third person to his family's, his grandparents' uh, hot spring hotel up in the middle of nowhere, which is usually where hot spring hotels are. Uh, and um, as he goes there, he starts realizing that the hotel has very, very supernatural things that are happening. Um, in the first time, he doesn't really notice at first, but then his friends start seeing it. And um, as they soon notice it, they start wondering what is the cause? Is it their grandparents have been possessed? Does it have something to do with his deceased parents? And we start jumping between the past and the present in terms of how the hotel business came to be where they are because it's supposed to be some long-run hotel um, business that this family is really passionate about, but um, it's just failed over the years. I guess something to really note is that Secret in the Hot Springs, to me, was something of a hidden gem. Um, I actually never added this to my list because the movie just looked downright stupid. Um, and I have to say, it is really silly for the most part, but I had such a fun time with this one. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the humor points that really do land very, very well. Um, not only in terms of the humor that's going on for the youths and and kind of there's this over to, over the top element to it but um and and some of the expressions and some of the reactions are are really really meant you know deliberately being funny and it it works because they don't take you know the movie doesn't take the, you know you can tell that the movie's not being taken seriously and and in this type of atmosphere it actually fits so well to the story 
Um, and even when you think about the veterans, the veteran actors uh, cast that's leading this um, are the grandparent roles, which is played by two very um, kind of veteran type of actors uh, in Hong Kong. And one is Ka Ying Law and Mimi Chu. They both are fantastic in the whole comedy type of um, element and that's really really their comedy is unique to themselves um, if you think about Stephen Chow he has his own type of humor and then they have another type of more kind of sillier type of humor it's not pun based it's more based on this um, ridiculousness of a situation and kind of uh, making it a bit over the top and really kind of delivering that type of humor it's more of a silly type of thing and with them and it setting that tone with a lot of the scenes, it really helps to elevate uh, what the younger actors, the younger casts are doing here um, in order to kind of really bring it home. And I think that that's where this really comes together because the whole situation is, you know, once the twist happens, it's, it's an absolutely ridiculous type of story. They're playing with tropes of ghost stories, of haunted hotels of haunted mansions you know the haunted house element and they play with a lot of these things to create this kind of horror effect that always ends up being you know some type of humorous um end game and i think that that really works and <laughs> for me there are some scenes i have to say that i think was a little much <laughs> like it went over uh, my comedic element and it kind of turned into dumb but for the most part I think as a comedy film it really did land for me um, but obviously you know comedy is very subjective so maybe it's not going to work for you if you don't like this sort of thing um, but you know I, I definitely would recommend Secrets in the Hot Spring I think it's definitely worth a shot uh, to me I, th I thought it was a great ride for a two hour movie I didn't even feel the two hours it just kind of flew by really really quickly um, and that really wraps it up for the, uh, for movies, uh, for the watching section. Um, it was really, really fun to wa uh, to do overall. I think both of the movies paired up really, really well. Um, my double feature for these two films, um, is already up on the blog and you're going to be able to see that in a link below if you're looking, if you'd like to be checking that out. So moving on to binging, um, I finished two different series this week. Um, the first one is a variety show called Youth and Melody. Uh, Youth and Melody is a pretty simple type of uh, show where it takes different companies of, um, of entertainment companies, like different entertainment companies and their artists uh, to battle each other on stage. Um, the element of it adds a little bit where the youth is definitely the companies and the idols or the artists that are on the stage, but also the... The, the the melody part is where they're using very uh, classic type of songs. So they're using more um, popular songs that have really made it. And using their interpretation, they're able to create a different version of the song, um, kind of like making it their own, giving it kind of a newer life to a lot of these songs. Um, obviously, it just has to be a song that's new. So some of the songs sometimes happen to be a little bit... Um, different. By the time you get to the end, actually, uh, they were able to get uh, 
one of the people on the show is Lei Zhang, and Lei Zhang ends up making, uh, creating three separate songs for them where he writes and produces them, uh, which are completely just unique for them. Uh, and, you know, Youth and Melody is a show about the inter entertainment companies, and I think it's a really good concept because I feel that even though we see a lot of competition shows, idol survival shows, and we see a lot of these people on stage, um, some of them don't really make it into the finals, but yet they don't get the opportunity that they need. And with this, you kind of get a way to be able to highlight some of these really talented artists that are in some of these companies who may be overlooked over time, uh, whether they debuted or not. Um, and I mean, I really had a lot of fun with the show. I thought that uh, the performances were overall really well, and you kind of give a chance for some of the companies to grow. I think one of the companies that probably went through the most growth was probably the SNH48 group, where um, I feel like they join a lot of these shows because of how popular they are in that sense. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like I feel like the company culture there has its own problems, which creates these, there's like this kind of, there's just too many artists or maybe the resources are not used the right way or maybe their focus is on a different element which differs from everybody else create giving them this image that maybe isn't too suitable for them as they get older um but then you know you have other companies which uh one of them is uh uh i don't know it's called cool young or something like that i forgot i forgot that company's name and their their latest group was from one of the uh, competition shows. I think it was We Are Young, and that had SKY that came out. And I can't say that you know I've always had my issues with SKY. Um, I followed the, sh the 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 survival show for probably two episodes, and then I kind of lost interest in it. Um, but I mean SKY always felt like they were so subpar in terms of um, the group that they were. But I think that over this show, they definitely grew in the way that I still think they still have a long way to go to meet up to some of the standards of some of the other shows here. But some of the other groups here, even some of the, you know, entertainment companies and their artists. Uh, but I mean, what they have is youth. So they <laughs> they have a lot of time to, to kind of um, move further into um, some of the different things that they can do. Uh, moving I mean, moving on, uh, I mean, Youth and Melody is great. It really did have such a great element of, of fun to it. Um, I mean, I personally think one of the standouts, it's definitely uh, OACA, which um, really, I, I think they have some great artists there, but they don't seem to have the popularity that other people do. Um, while on the same, you know, Sony Music uh, has also some great, artists that came out. Um, the majority of them had debuted uh, with U9 in Youth With You Season 2. Um, but that was uh, Youth With You actually Season 1 because Idol Producer was Season 1 uh, also. Um, but yeah, it was really, really great. I mean, I think that they really showed their abilities. Uh, I didn't follow U9 that much. I think that the group wasn't really too successful. But when you talk about these few artists, they were some of my favorites uh, when when I was watching Youth With You. Uh, so yeah, definitely a show that I definitely really enjoyed. I don't think it's subtitled, so there's nothing I can really do about that. Um, I can't really <laughs> tell anybody to go see it. 
Uh, I mean, if, if you understand Chinese, and that, that's that's a cool cool one to check out. Um, the second one that I watched, uh, that I finished, is Use For My Talent, which is uh, on Netflix. Um, it was paired on launch with Netflix, um, as well as, I believe, it was Mango TV that had the other bit. Um, so you could technically catch it on YouTube, or you can catch it on Netflix, whichever one works better for you. Um, YouTube might be a little hard. A lot of the Chinese uh, YouTube channels now are are having um, adding in the uh, the subscribe element to it, like the the to join their channel in, as a membership uh, in order to access some of the TV series. I don't know if that affected use for my talent, uh, but use for my talent is a series. Um, I had talked about this before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, Use for My Talent in, is about um, basically a group of people, but um, it's mostly about the CEO of a cleaning company, of a tech cleaning company, who um, grew up in a fairly incomplete family. He has a closed personality and um, a serious misophobia, which means that he is scared of dirtiness I guess <laughs> that's what you would say <laughs> he's he likes to be super clean and disinfects everything and that's his character that we start right away um when he meets um Shi Shuangjiao he he who had a happy family and lost her mother in a car accident um she starts working hard in order to make sure her family is able to get through everything support her brother through school and whatnot um and when they employ, and when they acquaint each other, um, and she ends up being a an employee in in uh, his cleaning company, the two become closer as they start to know each other more, and I guess helps each other through because um, he she starts being able to help him out of his phobia while um, he's able to help her kind of really see I guess a little bit more of her abilities of what she's able to accomplish and really kind of support her through this. Um, the series itself stars two people that I personally thought fit the roles really well. Um, I'm really a big fan of um, the female lead, which is Shen Yue. I think she's a fantastic actress, and I've been really uh, working hard on catching up on all of the series that she's been in. Um, you can also check out Meteor Garden, which is also on Netflix. I think that was one of her first ones. Uh, her first series is A Love So Beautiful, which is also on Netflix uh, right now, at least on Netflix Canada. So uh, for your own country, you'd have to check it out. Um, both of those series are really good. I mean, A Love So Beautiful is definitely one, I think, um, if you like uh, school romance type of thing. It, it it does a really, really good job. Recently, uh, Korea did their, uh, their adaptation of it, um, of the same name, and the Netflix series as well. So, you know, lots of things to check out. Um, but, you know, going back to Use For My Talent, uh, I think it's a really fun series. Um, it definitely has more of the romantic comedy vibe. Um, it does have a bit more drama as you head towards the end, but the first part, uh, I think the first maybe, maybe even three quarters or maybe like a half of the show is, is the first beginning part does hang a lot around the romantic comedy element, especially because when you're talking about the contrast of the two and then there's a bit of um, play on the 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 obsession with cleanliness that um, Renchi, the, the the main um, the male the main male lead has in this one. 
um, whether it's expressions or how they're filmed and being together. There are some really, really sweet romantic moments as well because it's really good, uh, like how it's filmed is really nice. But at the same time, there is some kind of the romantic comedy elements to it, which also lands pretty well. I mean, I, I had a fun time binging this one. Um, now you can actually binge it because all the episodes are out. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, you know, it's hard to explain a show like this. I feel like romantic comedy shows are always really hard to talk about when you're talking about Chinese drama and Chinese kind of these type of shows. Um, they all feel a little bit of a rinse and repeat. I do think this one is a little bit more unique in the sense they add a lot of tech to it. It's not all about the romance. It, there is a lot about, you know, dreams and um, working hard to, you know, find yourself. Uh, there's um, the business type of thing. And, you know, it's a bit of a Cinderella story as well. And, you know, opposites attract, that sort of thing. A lot of this, there's a lot of the similar things that are happening going on here. Um... This one is adapted from a Korean series called Clean with Passion for Now. I've never seen it, uh, so I can't compare. If you have, you can always tell me how they compare. Um, I did read some comments that I think some people prefer the Korean, the Korean version, the original, more. Um, because this is adapted from a Korean webtoon. Um, so... I mean, the main source is uh, is is uh, the webtoon, which is uh, clean with passion for now. Um, I'm not really into Korean series in general. Um, I I have a hard time getting into them, frankly. I, I pacing is a big deal for me, and I feel like a lot of times it really is lacking. But then, I mean, my knowledge of Korean series has, for especially in this type of genre, stopped. Um, maybe in the early 2000s <laughs> or like mid 2000s. Um, yeah, I watched like two or three of them and it really didn't hit me hard. So, uh, I'm really not a fan. Um, but I do feel like maybe if I gave it a chance now, maybe it's really improved over time, especially with, um, Netflix creating series now that are less episodes. So, you know, when you're running at eight or 10 episodes or something or, even going up to 20, it's it's a much more bearable experience than watching something which is super long and, and then it's, you know, the dialogue is very repetitive and the pacing is really, you know, overdramatic and uh, over, you know, overly slow and whatever. But yeah, I mean, we're not talking about the Korean series. Um, as for use for my talent, I mean, in a nutshell, I think it's a really great show. I had a lot of fun with it. I think Jasper Liu is great. Um, I It's the only actual series I've watched of him. I'm really looking forward to checking out more of his series because it seems like Netflix has a few of them. So I'm definitely going to be going back or finding some time to uh, check it out over the next few months, hopefully before they get taken off of Netflix because that's what seems to be happening lately. Uh, with that said, that wraps up this episode. Um, I mean, a lot of really great stuff that I've checked out. Uh, a lot of shows, like I said, are ending. I haven't started a lot of new things over this week um, or even the past little while because I did have quite a packed slate, which actually um, connected really well because it would be a few days where it would show up a show and then when it ended, the new episodes for another show would show up, would, would be available, and it would kind of like 
go hand in hand with each other. <laughs> I'm just hoping that when all this ends and I have to go again, it's not going to have that. It's not going to be, it's going to, it's going to work out the same way. So then I don't have an overly excessive amount of TV to catch up on. Um, with that said, that wraps up this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed, remember to like and follow, uh, subscribe so that you can check out, uh, you know, the episodes when they go up. If you want to check out my blog, you can check it out at kling.wordpress.com. You can find all of my reviews there, uh, whether it's TV binges, film reviews, I have book reviews. There's a lot of stuff there you can check out. I mean, I've been running the blog for 10 years, so (laughs) there's a decent amount of content that's on there. Um, You can even peruse my, you know, monthly updated indexes which will have everything that you know you 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 want to find and you know you can always see whether there's anything that interests you um other than that uh i'm also on social media you can find me on facebook at uh, tranquil dreams blog you can find me on instagram tranquil dreams and you can find me on twitter tranquil dreams underscore Um, thanks so much for listening till next time bye